0: with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com/conspiracy today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H E L P.com/conspiracy. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg.
1: In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, You'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitWilliamsburg.com.
0: Three great words. Free fries Friday. Especially when they're used in that exact order. Get a free medium fries with $1 minimum purchase. Bada ba. one time on Fridays at participating McDonald's through 123124. Excludes tax must up rewards.
1: The passenger squeezed his eyes shut and grabbed the armrest. Even though he was an experienced flyer, he hated
0: turbulence. A chime went off. The plane was approaching its destination. The passenger managed to summon the strength to open his eyes and look out the window. He was greeted with the most incredible view he'd ever seen.
1: His friends had shown him images of the massive lines drawn into this isolated, arid plateau, but the pictures didn't do them justice. He could see a hummingbird, a monkey. One of them even looked like
0: his aunt, although he wouldn't tell her that. After landing, the passengers stepped outside and stretched. It had been a very, very long flight. He grimaced at the sight of this welcoming party. These pesky
1: humans were always so eager. He had just come from several light years away. He wished they'd give him a moment to rest.
0: But this was just the first stop. After helping the humans here, he was headed across the ocean to Rapa Nui. They were building his portrait. He wanted to make sure he looked good. And from there, a quick stop in Egypt... Last he'd heard, the pyramid his people had helped build was falling into disrepair. He had to fix that before it was completely destroyed.
1: That pyramid was a testament to his people's contributions to the human race. It was a lasting monument to the link between man and alien.
0: to Conspiracy Theories, a par cast original. I'm Carter Roy. And
1: I'm Molly Brandenburg.
0: Every Wednesday, we
1: dig into the complicated stories behind the world's most controversial events and search for the truth.
0: Well, neither of us are conspiracy theorists.
1: But we are open-minded, skeptical, and curious. Don't get us wrong.
0: Sometimes
1: the official version is the truth.
0: But sometimes it's not.
1: You can find episodes of Conspiracy Theories and all other Parcast originals for free on Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. To stream Conspiracy Theories for free on Spotify, just open the app, tap browse,
0: and type Conspiracy Theories in the search bar. At Parcast, we are grateful for you, our listeners. You allow us to do what we love. Let us know how we're doing. Reach out on Facebook and Instagram at ParCast and Twitter at Parcast Network.
1: And if you enjoy today's episode, the best way to help us is to leave a five-star review wherever you're listening. It really does help.
0: This is our second episode on the ancient astronaut theory, whose supporters believe aliens helped build some of ancient civilization's greatest monuments. Last week,
1: we traced the history of three famous landmarks, the Great Pyramid of Giza, the Nazca Lines, and the Moai statues on Rapa Nui, also known as Easter Island. We looked into why scholars haven't been able to figure out how exactly all these monuments were built as well as some of the oddities that made ancient astronaut scholar Eric von Daniken believe they were constructed with the help of aliens.
0: This week in Part 2, we'll dive deeper into von Daniken's ideas regarding the Pyramid of Giza, the Nazca Lines, and the Moai. We'll be examining three different theories. Whether the Great Pyramid was some sort of waypoint for global mapping, if the Nazca Lines were an alien airport, and if the Moai represented a powerful cosmic being.
1: 4,500 years old, 2.3 million stone blocks, over 450 feet tall, the only remaining ancient wonder of the world still left intact.
0: With statistics like these, it's no wonder the Great Pyramid of Giza has fascinated scholars and tourists alike for thousands of years. What makes it even more mystifying is that nobody knows how the Pharaoh Khufu managed to build such an impressive monument. As firm answers continued to elude scholars into the
1: 20th century, author Eric Mondanikin proposed a radical new idea, that monuments like the Great Pyramid of Giza weren't built by human hands alone. Von Daniken posited that ancient civilizations simply didn't have the ability to create such magnificent, intricate architecture. The logistics were just too staggering.
0: Although the ancient Greek historian Herodotus wrote that the Great Pyramid had been built by crews of 100,000 workers in alternating shifts... Von Daniken was skeptical that any number of men could have realistically built the pyramid in the 20 years it took to construct.
1: He just didn't see how over two million stone blocks, each weighing between two and two and a half tons, could have been quarried, transported, and formed into the massive pyramid over such a relatively short period of time. There was no evidence of massive workers' villages, no evidence of wood rollers, no evidence of the incredible amounts
0: of food needed to feed such a large workforce. According to von Daniken's calculations, if the Egyptians had managed to place 10 blocks a day, it would have taken them nearly 700 years to build the Great Pyramid of Giza. With political dynasties changing every few hundred years, there was little chance there could have been such a sustained effort to build one pharaoh's tomb.
1: And yet, there was one troublesome, indisputable fact. The Great Pyramid of Giza was there. As he pursued this line of thought, von Daniken concluded that humanity must have had help in order to build monuments like the Great Pyramid. And that help must have come from beyond our planet in the form of what he dubbed... Ancient astronauts.
0: What's more, von Daniken believed he had evidence that demonstrated aliens were present in the ancient world. It was a parchment known as the Piri race map.
1: In 1929, a German theologian named Gustav Deismann was working at the Topkapa Palace Library in Istanbul, cataloging antique items for a museum exhibit. As he perused a stack of discarded items,
0: he found a fragile gazelle skin parchment. The parchment was a map fragment dated to 1513 CE. It was signed by the Turkish cartographer and admiral, Ahmed Mohidin Piri, better known as Piri Race. According to Piri's inscriptions, it was a combination of 20 different charts and maps, ranging from ancient parchments during the time of Alexander the Great around 330 BCE to Christopher Columbus's expeditions starting in 1492 CE. For this reason alone it
1: was a major cartographical accomplishment but that's not what made the Piri race map so incredible. Some cartographers who examined it believed it depicted the continent of Antarctica and on the map the landmass
0: wasn't completely covered in ice. For that to be possible, the map Peary must have referenced to chart Antarctica would have needed to be over 6,000 years old. Since then, the continent has been a fully frozen tundra.
1: While it's not technically outside the realm of possibility that a civilization even older than ancient Egypt had traveled to Antarctica and then passed its knowledge of the continent down over thousands of years, such a feat was highly unlikely. But another one of the map's details pushed it from the realm of implausibility to near impossibility.
0: The Piri race map also appeared to be drawn using the Mercator Projection, well, this technique allowed a map to be drawn in a way that accurately depicted latitude and longitude, but also distorted the size of some land masses. This would also explain how Peary Race was able to maintain accurate dimensions of various land masses as he combined data from different maps.
1: However, there was just one problem. The Mercator projection was invented in 1569. 56 years after the Puri-Race map was drafted. So this raised a particular question in the case of Antarctica. Whatever source Puri-Race had pulled his depictions of Antarctica from must have been somewhat accurate because he didn't make any changes to them when he combined them into his larger map. But how could an ancient civilization even know about Antarctica,
0: much less be able to accurately depict it on a map? In 1965, Professor Charles Hapgood of Keene State College made a radical proposition. The depiction of Antarctica and the Piri race map could have been drawn using aerial photography. While this would explain the dimensions of the map, it would imply that the ancient civilization was in possession of some highly advanced technology.
1: After hearing about Hapgood's theory, Eric von Daniken believed he had the answer to where the depictions on the Piri race map came from. In his 1968 book, Chariots of the Gods, von Daniken claimed that what appeared to be the continental distortion caused by the Mercator projection would be mirrored if the Earth was photographed from high above Cairo. And as it just so happened the Great Pyramid of Giza was located
0: just outside Cairo. If von Däniken was correct, then maybe the Great Pyramid of Giza was some sort of marker for an alien civilization that was mapping the Earth. This theory would explain why the pyramid was so large. While the pyramids aren't visible from space to the naked eye, they can still be seen from high up in the atmosphere, high enough to serve as a reference point for the ancient astronauts' mapping efforts. Their depiction of Antarctica would have reflected their earlier visits to the continent from 2,000 years prior. It's a wild theory, if it's true.
1: And actually, there's an explanation that's much more rooted in possibility. Most likely, what Hapgood and von Daniken believed was the planet's southernmost continent was actually a representation of the South
0: American coastline, shifted about 90 degrees. As he wrote in the map's inscriptions, part of Peary's map came from Christopher Columbus's expeditions across the Atlantic Ocean. A critical thing to remember about Columbus is that when he landed at his destination, he believed he had reached the Far East. Of course, he was actually exploring the Caribbean, Central America, and South America.
1: Peary could have been working off of Columbus's original false navigation charts. He may have mistaken part of the South American coast for Antarctica.
0: Additionally, only a small portion of Peary's map has survived. Without seeing how the rest of it looks, it's hard to conclusively say what is actually depicted. However, the consensus is that it's some sort of representation of South America and not an ancient version of Antarctica.
1: If the Piri race map actually depicts a badly misshapen South America instead of a 6,000-year-old version of Antarctica, there's no reason to believe that it was based on aerial imagery taken from above Cairo. Therefore, there isn't any evidence of
0: any alien involvement in Egypt. The fact that the Piri race map doesn't depict Antarctica still doesn't explain how the Great Pyramid of Giza was built. If the Egyptians weren't capable of building it on their own, then there could still be the possibility that an extraterrestrial civilization provided some sort of guidance.
1: Maybe. But in the years since Däniken's Chariots of the Gods was published in 1968, Archaeologists have developed new theories on how the Egyptians may have been able to build the Great Pyramid of Giza.
0: On April 14, 1990, an American tourist was on a horse ride in Cairo near the Giza Plateau. She was headed to see the famous pyramids when she was unexpectedly thrown from her mount. As
1: her guide helped her up, he realized the horse had tripped over what looked to be an ancient mud brick wall. It turned out to be much
0: more than that. Excavations began immediately. The archeologists working the site discovered that the mud brick wall actually belonged to a tomb.
1: But it wasn't a tomb for a Pharaoh or some other high status person. It was for a commoner, An honor rarely
0: bestowed upon everyday ancient Egyptians. The more they dug, the more tombs they found. In total, the researchers discovered 600 workmen's graves, along with 30 larger tombs that were most likely intended for foremen and other supervisors.
1: These tombs clearly demonstrated that the pyramids
0: weren't built by aliens. They were built by people. And these tombs didn't just reveal who had built the pyramids— they helped reveal how they were built. The more intricate tombs were almost like
1: smaller versions of the pyramids themselves. After examining these models, French architect Jean-Pierre Houdet suggested in 2003 that the Great Pyramid could have been built using ramps that snaked up the interior. To build the structure's lower third, Houdin believed a single, long ramp could have been used. As this part of the pyramid was being built, the internal ramp could have been built at the same time.
0: And while there wasn't any concrete evidence of these ramps existing, Houdin believed there were elements within the pyramid's architecture that gave credence to his theory.
1: Namely, there were some small L-shaped rooms along the pyramid's edges that would have allowed workers to turn stones along an internal ramp. The discovery of the rooms was far from definitive proof of an interior ramp, but the rooms were also a purposeful design choice that had no other obvious reason behind it.
0: As of 2019, Houdin is still waiting for approval to test his theory at Giza, However, evidence of a ramp has been discovered at a quarry from the same time period as the Great Pyramid. While the mystery of how this incredible monument was built has yet to be decisively solved, it does seem like progress is being made.
1: Although the Great Pyramid of Giza is one of the most impressive structures in the world, it seems like it was the product of human ingenuity rather than extraterrestrial intervention.
0: Agreed. Even though the Egyptians never surpassed a monument like the Great Pyramid in terms of scale, they still dedicated enormous resources to honoring their fallen rulers. It was just in a different manner.
1: But because no one has yet to definitively show how the Egyptians built the pyramid, we have to allow the possibility for even the wildest theories. And that's why we'll rate the Ancient Astronaut Theory a 4 out of 10.
0: But the Great Pyramid wasn't the only ancient structure Eric von Däniken believed was built with the help of aliens. And unlike the Great Pyramid, making the Nazca Lines required a bird's-eye view, one that von Däniken believed only an alien could provide. Coming up,
1: we travel to the Peruvian desert to examine the mysterious Nazca Lines, which some believe
0: That's T-E-R-M-I-N-I-X dot com. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. Forget dark alleys and cemeteries. For some, the gym is the scariest place of all. But it doesn't have to be. With a personalized plan and expert coaching, Anytime Fitness can help make the gym less frightening. Get more for your gym membership than machines. Get personalized support anytime, anywhere. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, and restrictions apply. See website for details. And now, back to the story.
1: The Great Pyramid of Giza may not have been a reference point for extraterrestrial mapping efforts, But it's hardly the only monument ancient astronaut
0: theorists believe was influenced by aliens. High atop an arid plateau on the southern Peruvian coast, a series of geometric patterns and shapes swirl across the landscape. Known as the Nazca Lines, these incredible patterns are believed to have been created between approximately 100 BCE and 700 CE.
1: And if Eric Von Daniken was to be believed... They were an alien
0: airport. Unlike the Great Pyramid of Giza, the mystery in the Nazca lines doesn't lie in the physical manner in which they were constructed. The method was exceedingly simple. To create the lines that crisscross the plateau, all the Nazca had to do was brush away a layer of rocks and pebbles and expose the white sand underneath.
1: Rather, the greater mystery of the Nazca lines lies within their design, which has attracted the attention of ancient astronaut theorists like Eric von Däniken. The enormous geometric lines, which span up to nine miles in length, depict
0: massive animals such as
1: hummingbirds, whales, and
0: spiders. The only problem with these beautiful designs, known as geoglyphs, is that they can only be viewed from high above the ground. If they weren't able to be viewed from ground level, von Däniken wondered if they might have served another purpose, indicating an extraterrestrial airfield.
1: In his 1968 book, Chariots of the Gods, von Däniken wrote, quote, What is wrong with the idea that the lines were laid out to say to the gods, Land here! Everything has been prepared as you ordered. The builders of the geometric figures may have had no idea what they were doing, but
0: perhaps they knew perfectly well what the gods needed in order to land. In fact, the longest of the Nazca Lines is a nine-mile-long and dozens of meters wide straightaway. Some have compared it to a massive landing strip.
1: In comparison, the landing strip for space shuttles at the Kennedy Space Center is about three miles long. If the supposed Nazca landing strip was meant for alien spacecraft entering
0: the atmosphere, they would have had plenty of time to come to a stop. What's more, von Däniken and other ancient astronaut theorists believe they knew what kind of ships the alien visitors flew. And while there isn't any hard evidence in the form of wreckage they had something almost as good, a model.
1: In Colombia's Tolima Valley, researchers have discovered artifacts belonging to the Kimbaya people who flourished from 300 CE to 1550. The Kimbaya were skilled metal workers, and archaeologists have discovered hundreds of small Christmas ornament-sized golden figurines during digs in the Tolima Valley.
0: Most of these figurines clearly depict animals like fish, insects, and birds. But ancient astronaut theorists believe that some of the figurines also represent alien spaceships.
1: Although these figurines do look like they have wings, they appear to be in a wedge-shaped delta wing configuration. They're more reminiscent of fighter planes than birds.
0: Naturally, the counter-argument is that the airplane-like figurines are simply abstract representations of animals. But three ancient alien theorists were so certain that the figurines were inspired by a working machine that they decided to put it to the test. In
1: 1994, Germans Algund Einboom, Peter Belting, and Conrad Lubas built replicas of the Kimbaya figurines on the same scale as a radio-controlled airplane. They outfitted the models with engines and tested them to see if they'd take to the air.
0: In boom, belting, and Lubas test was an unqualified success. The model Kimbaya airplane soared through the air without a problem. It wasn't a full scale plane, but it proved that this ancient design was capable of flight.
1: Giorgio Sukolos of Ancient Aliens fame celebrated the flight as proof positive that the Kimbaya airplanes represented a real aircraft. He stated that Inboom, Belting, and Lubas, quote, "...did not add an inch or remove an inch. They just essentially blew the little thing into a larger size. I mean, this thing is sensational."
0: Unfortunately, Sukolos was off the mark. The model wasn't 100% accurate. Obviously, the small ornamental version had no engine. Eanboom, Belting, and Lubas also didn't include the curls on the wings, which would have made it nearly impossible to achieve such a controlled flight.
1: Now, it's certainly possible that these curls were simply ornamental and wouldn't have been included on a full-size craft, But, even if the Kimbaya were basing these figurines off of real vessels, they almost definitely weren't landing at the so-called Nazca Airport.
0: One of the most remarkable aspects of the Nazca lines is that despite the fact that some of them are over 2,000 years old, they remain in nearly the same pristine condition as when they were first built. The arid plateau on which they were created gets almost no rainfall, and the wind isn't powerful enough to displace the white sandy lines.
1: But if there were ancient aliens landing their ships on the plateau, the Nazca lines would have surely been displaced by the force of such powerful craft breezing through the air. And if the ships were more of a flying saucer shape and came straight down rather than at an angle they wouldn't have needed a nine-mile runway. They would only have needed a landing pad.
0: Okay, so let's go ahead and say that the plateau wasn't some sort of extraterrestrial LAX, but that doesn't necessarily mean that the Nazca lines weren't created with the help of aliens. A major argument ancient astronaut theorists have used is that the lines can only be observed from high up in the air. Humans didn't have flight technology at that time, So it seems like only aliens would have the technology needed to properly view the lines.
1: This argument, however, doesn't hold up. In reality, most, if not all of the geoglyphs can be seen from the hillsides surrounding the plateau. In fact, some of them were drawn into a slope, meaning they can be seen from below as well as above.
0: Even so, the hills don't reach high enough to get a straight-on view of the geoglyphs. And no matter how you climb, the geoglyphs will always appear at an angle. Especially for the perfectly straight lines of geoglyphs like the runway, it seems like a top-down view would be needed to create them with such accuracy.
1: Actually, that's not the case. Archaeologists have discovered remains of wooden stakes next to some of the geoglyphs which would have easily allowed the Nazca to create perfectly straight lines. The process was fairly simple. One person could plant two stakes in a straight line and, using those as a guide, they could instruct their partner where to place a third stake along that line, Then the frontmost stake could be pulled up and placed further down and so on and so forth.
0: Well, that aspect makes sense, but that technique wouldn't explain how the Nazca could design such intricate animal figures. Creating a straight line is one thing, creating a massively detailed picture is another. If the Nazca had made any errors, the nature of the plateau would have made it nearly impossible to erase their mistakes. Well, they would have needed to be perfect on the first try. That part is true,
1: but there's evidence that the Nazca practiced in miniature before beginning their more ambitious undertakings. Nazca Lines researcher, Dr. Maria Reisha proposed that they first created small drawings, perhaps on some sort of canvas. Then they mapped the drawings on a grid, which they extrapolated to create the actual pictures on the plateau.
0: Okay, so it's entirely possible, and very likely, that the Nazca created the lines on their own. But that reality hasn't dissuaded proponents of the theory that the Nazca were influenced by alien visitors. and The Nazca lines may still be linked to aliens, in that the giant geoglyphs actually depict extraterrestrial visitors.
1: The geoglyph in question is a 98 foot long, round headed humanoid, commonly referred to as the Owl Man. Many mainstream scholars believe it may be a fisherman, with a net in one hand and a fish in the
0: other. But with his round eyes and what almost looks like an air hose coming out from his mouth, some believe that the Owl Man is actually a representation of an alien. Could it be that this geoglyph represents one of the beings who helped the Nazca create these incredible drawings? Without any written
1: language or a surviving Nazca to tell us, we'll technically never know. But the fact of the matter is that all signs point to the Nazca lines being a completely human creation with a completely human purpose.
0: Although scholars have yet to come to a decisive conclusion on what purpose the Nazca lines served, there are two general schools of thought. The first is that they were some sort of cosmic map. The second, they served as a sort of guide map to hidden water sources. The cosmic theory was largely
1: supported by Paul Kosok, who became the first person to seriously study the Nazca lines in the 1940s. After seeing the sun set precisely over some of the geoglyphs, Kosok theorized that the lines were some sort of calendar that would help the Nazca determine crop cycles.
0: Well then, in 1968, American astronomer Gerald Hawkins put Kosok's theory to the test. He collected the positions of most of the lines and fed them into a computer to calculate how many of them coincided with major astronomical events. Ultimately, the computer indicated that the number of lines that were astronomically significant was most likely due to random chance.
1: The second theory, that the Nazca lines point to underground water sources, was examined in 2016. Rosa LaSaponara of the National Research Center in Rome used satellite images of the Nazca lines to investigate spiral-shaped holes called pukios. Analysis of the images showed the puccios connected to underground water sources and that these holes helped propel the water along the Nazca's
0: aqueduct system. Many of the puccios were located near the geoglyphs, making Lhasa Panara believe that the lines either mark the water's location or serve to give thanks to the gods for providing this valuable resource.
1: Recent research seems to have corroborated Lhasa Panara's theory to some degree. In 2015, researchers from Japan's Yamagata University discovered 100 additional lines on the plateau, they found that many of them ran along routes to the Nazca's religious center of Kawachi. Perhaps the lines allowed pilgrims to give their thanks to the gods as they went to their place of worship.
0: There's nothing to suggest that the Nazca lines weren't a completely human achievement. Although some geoglyphs like the man, are slightly odd-looking, his appearance isn't enough to convince me ancient astronauts were using this plateau as a gathering place. With the only remaining mystery of the Nazca Lines being their exact purpose, uh, we give the ancient astronauts' theory for this monument a 1 out of 10.
1: But for our third and final monument, the answer isn't so simple. On the tiny Pacific island of Rapa Nui, hundreds of stone statues called moai dot the rolling landscape. But are the moai representations of the islanders' ancestors? Or are they monuments to their alien overlords?
0: Coming up, we travel to the island of Rapa Nui, also known as Easter Island, to see if its famous statues were built with the help of ancient astronauts. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? Although there's little evidence that the Nazca Lines were an ancient alien airport, ancient astronaut theorists believe proof of extraterrestrial evidence might also reside on a tiny island in the middle of the Pacific Ocean. The island of Rapa Nui is one of the most isolated places in
1: the world. The nearest outpost of human civilization is Pitcairn Island, located almost 1,300 miles to the west. The nearest major landmass is the Chilean coast, over 2,100 miles away.
0: Well, most researchers agree that Rapa Nui was first colonized around 800 CE, when a small group of Polynesian settlers arrived in seafaring canoes. Over the next 1,000 years or so, their culture developed in a near vacuum, with no evidence of any other civilizations reaching the 63 square mile island.
1: But ancient astronaut theorists believe that the island's people, also called the Rapa Nui, were influenced by another civilization, one from outer space.
0: European explorers first reached Rapa Nui in 1722. A Dutch sailor named Jakob Roeven arrived at the island on Easter of that year, bestowing it with the name Easter Island.
1: As Westerners started to visit Rapa Nui with more frequency, they were amazed by two things. First, the hundreds of large-headed stone statues called moai that ubiquitously dotted the island. Second, there seemed to be a complete lack of natural resources needed to sustain the indigenous population.
0: When the famous English explorer Captain James Cook arrived at Rapa Nui in March 1774, he was unsure how the island's people, also known as the Rapa Nui, had managed to survive. Writing in his personal journal, Captain Cook noted, For the greatest part of the distance across, the ground had but a barren appearance, being a dry, hard clay, and everywhere covered in stones. In all this excursion, only two or three shrubs were seen. The seeds had a disagreeable bitter taste, and the natives, when they saw our people chew them, made signs to spit them out.
1: Although Captain Cook did note that the Rapa Nui cultivated crops, such as potatoes, plantains, and sugarcane, he didn't understand how it was enough to sustain a population of several thousand people. Furthermore, he saw that the island was lacking any trees over ten feet tall, which struck him as odd, since most Pacific islands were full of tall, fruit-bearing trees.
0: When Eric von Daniken was researching cultures that could have been influenced by ancient astronauts, this lack of resources immediately set off alarm bells in his head. In his 1968 book, Chariots of the Gods, he remarked that the island could, quote, "...scarcely have provided food for more than 2,000 inhabitants." A shipping trade which brought food and clothing to the island for the stonemasons is hardly credible in antiquity. A maximum of 2,000 men was not nearly enough to carve these colossal figures out of the steel-hard volcanic stone with rudimentary tools, even if they worked day and night. For at least a part of the population must have tilled the barren fields and gone fishing, and a few of them must have woven cloth and made ropes. No, 2,000 men alone could not have made the gigantic statues, and a larger population is inconceivable on Easter Island.
1: In von Daniken's mind, the Rapa Nui simply lacked the infrastructure to create and place hundreds of monolithic stone statues. But, as with the Great Pyramid of Giza and the Nazca
0: Lines, he had a simple
1: answer for how it was possible.
0: Aliens. Aliens. To argue his point, von Daniken pointed out the remarkable resemblance between the Moai on Rapa Nui and similar statues found in the ruins of a Bolivian city called Tiwanaku, Located roughly 3,000 miles to the west of Rapa Nui, Tiwanaku is another site ancient astronaut theorists have pointed to as evidence of alien influence on humanity
1: the massive stonework at Tiahuanaco would be difficult to achieve even today. It's easy to understand why some people would believe the people who built it had help from an alien civilization. The site is also littered with tall humanoid statues that most experts agree depict an all-powerful god named Viracocha.
0: For Eric von Daniken, these statues have an indisputable connection to the Moai of Rapa Nui. In Chariots of the Gods, he wrote, quote, There, as here, we find stone giants belonging to the same style. When Francisco Pizarro questioned the Incas about Tiwanaku in 1532, they told him that no man had ever seen the city save in ruins. For Tiwanaku had been built in the night of mankind. Traditions call Easter Island the navel of the world. It is more than 3,125 miles from Tiahuanaco to Easter Island. How can one culture have possibly inspired the other?
1: Von Daniken's answer was that they both had a common ancestor, the god Viracocha. But Von Daniken didn't believe Viracocha was a god. He believed this powerful being was an alien who helped shape ancient human cultures across the globe.
0: As von Däniken described in his book, Viracocha, quote, "...shaped clay figures of men and animals at Tiwanaku and breathed life into them. Afterwards, he instructed these living creatures of his own creation in language, customs, and arts, and finally flew some of them to different continents which they were supposed to inhabit henceforth." Finally, he said goodbye in the coastal province of Manta and disappeared over the ocean.
1: If Viracocha was in fact an alien, perhaps he helped shape the culture at Tiwanaku. Then, maybe he flew over the ocean to Rapa Nui, where he instilled similar beliefs into the people there.
0: Von Daniken believed that oral tradition on Rapa Nui legitimized his theory— According to him, the people of Rapanui told him, quote, flying men landed and lit fires in ancient times. The legend is confirmed by sculptures of flying creatures with big staring eyes. These carvings, which
1: were cut into the back of some of the Moai on Rapanui, do in fact show some sort of winged creature. However, what von Daniken believed were representations of Viracocha were actually depictions of the Birdman God, who the people of Rapa Nui began to worship in the late 1500s, long after they started creating the Moai.
0: But while there's no confirmation of a shared mythology, the Moai at Rapa Nui do share some similar characteristics with the statues at Tiahuanaco. Both are straight-backed, and their hands wrap around their navels. These same traits can also be seen in other ancient statuary across the world, such as Gebekli Tepe in Turkey and Yonaguni in Japan. Could it be that the same extraterrestrial influence shaped all of these different cultures?
1: It's a fuzzy topic. The Moai also bear a resemblance to statues found on other Polynesian islands. Given the Rapa Nui's Polynesian ancestry, it's more likely that the Moais' design came from this shared culture than
0: from an alien overlord. But it seems like other non-Polynesian influences may have reached the Rapa Nui as well. One of the island's main crops was the sweet potato, which botanists have proven originated in South America. Considering the massive distances between South America and Polynesia, could it be that this plant was transported across the ocean by a benevolent alien civilization? It would make sense that ancient Polynesians might have worshipped these beings by creating statues in their image. And because of the lack of resources and manpower on Rapa Nui, perhaps these aliens helped them build the moai as well.
1: That's probably not the case the sweet potato wasn't only found on Rapa Nui. It has been farmed on other Polynesian islands as well. It's more likely that the sweet potato was brought to these islands first and from there to Rapa Nui. And although Captain Cook's observation that the island lacked natural resources and manpower was accurate, that wasn't always the case.
0: According to Liesl Clark of PBS... When Rapa Nui was originally settled, it was covered in flourishing palm forests. The island's population blossomed as well, with some researchers estimating it reaching a high point of about 9,000 people. So, although Eric von Daniken never saw it that way, the island had plenty of natural resources, along with the requisite manpower to build the nearly 1,000 moai that dot the island.
1: Furthermore, it's now been proven that the Rapa Nui wouldn't have had to use wood rollers to transport the moai from the quarry where they were carved. Researchers have proven that the builders could have used ropes to pull the statues from side to side, essentially walking it to its final destination.
0: So, while it's fair to say that there is some mystery about why the moai share similar characteristics with other statues across the world... It's not because they were all being influenced by alien benefactors.
1: Like the Great Pyramid of Giza and the Nazca Lines, the Moai of Rapa Nui were the product
0: of human ingenuity. It would seem so. Beyond the shared characteristics with other ancient art, there's not much going for this ancient astronaut theory. For that reason, we're giving it a 3 out of 10 on the believability scale.
1: Let's sum up the three theories we discussed today. First, we discussed the idea that aliens helped build the Great Pyramid of Giza in order to use it as a marker for aerial photography. The Piri race map is an intriguing piece of evidence for this argument because it seems to depict a 6,000-year-old Antarctica. However, most scholars agree that it's actually just a strange view of the South American coastline. With nothing else to support the alien photography theory, and advancing theories on how the Egyptians were able to build the pyramid by themselves, there's little chance it was created with
0: extraterrestrial assistance. The second theory we examined was that the Nazca Line served as an alien airport. A completely straight nine-mile geoglyph certainly does look like a runway, but the plateau's conditions proved ill-suited for landing aircraft. And like the Great Pyramid, advancing theories on the Nazca lines' true purpose make alien intervention an unlikely possibility.
1: Third, we debated whether the Moai statues on Rapa Nui could represent a powerful being known as Viracocha. With these statues sharing characteristics with other pieces from the ancient world, there was a question of whether Viracocha could have helped guide these various cultures. But it's more likely that the Moai's design came from the Rapa Nui people's Polynesian ancestry. And with the island proving to have the resources needed to build the Moai, there would be no need for a cosmic being like Viracocha to help them.
0: So, there you have it. Three monuments, almost no real evidence of alien intervention. But for ancient astronaut theorists, it's less about tangible evidence. Their beliefs mostly come from the conviction that ancient civilizations simply weren't advanced enough to create such incredible works. Critics of the
1: ancient astronaut theory have pointed out that most of the civilizations believed to have been helped by aliens are from places that aren't part of the traditional Western world. They say this theory comes from a racist, colonial mindset, that these ancient people wouldn't be capable of these impressive feats, and a misconception that just because they lacked modern technology, they were simple-minded.
0: Western-based cultures dismissing the capabilities of indigenous people is hardly new. When the Spaniards first arrived in South America, some of them believed that the Incas and Mayans were descended from the mythological people of Atlantis.
1: Rather than believe the indigenous people were capable of incredible works on their own, the Spanish assumed the indigenous cities and temples were the product of a more technologically advanced society, not unlike modern ancient astronaut theorists.
0: In reality, these civilizations were thoughtful, inventive, and possessed incredible intelligence. The Egyptians managed to create a structure that has lasted thousands of years, and will probably stand for thousands more. The Nazca created beautiful, intricate artwork that also points the way to incredibly important natural resources. The people of Rapa Nui honored their ancestors by using their limited means to create hundreds of towering statues.
1: While it can be fun to think of ancient aliens working hand-in-hand with these people, it does these cultures a disservice not to acknowledge their abilities and achievements. These communities were able to do incredible things, and if we take the time to properly study them,
0: perhaps we could learn a thing or two. And if not, maybe the ancient astronauts will come down to help us. Thanks for tuning in to Conspiracy Theories. We'll be back Wednesday with a new episode. You can find all episodes of Conspiracy Theories and all other ParCast originals for free on Spotify.
1: Not only does Spotify already have all of your favorite music, but now Spotify is making it easy for you to enjoy all of your favorite ParCast originals, like Conspiracy Theories,
0: for free, from your phone, desktop, or smart speaker. To stream Conspiracy Theories on Spotify, just open the app, tap Browse, and type Conspiracy Theories in the search bar.
1: Until then, remember, the truth
0: isn't always
1: the best story.
0: And the official story isn't always the truth.
1: Conspiracy Theories was created by Max Cutler, is a production of Cutler Media, and is part of the Parcast Network. It is produced by Max and Ron Cutler. Sound design by Russell Nash, with production assistance by Ron Shapiro and Paul Mahler. Additional production assistance by Maggie Admire and Freddie Beckley. Conspiracy Theories is written by Alex Benidon and stars Molly Brandenburg and Carter Roy.